Being a chef means keeping your cool in the kitchen. And with Resi Priority Notify and Global Dining Access through my Amex Platinum card, right this way, it's nice to try someone else's food for a change. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. At Bed 365 we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. What's up? This is your boy Lil Duval. And check out my podcast, Conversations with Unc, on the Black Effect Podcast Network. Each and every Tuesday, Conversations with Unc podcast feature casuals and in-depth talk about ebbs and flows of life and the pursuit of happiness. Unlike my work on stage, I tap into a more serious and sensitive side to give life advice and simply offer words of encouragement, yet remind folks to never forget to laugh. Every Tuesday, listen to Conversations with Unc, hosted by Lil Duval on the Black Effect Podcast Network, iHeartRadio app, or wherever you get your podcasts. Presented by AT&T. Connecting changes everything. There's a lot happening these days. But I have just the thing to get you up to speed on what matters, without taking too much of your time. The 7 from the Washington Post is a podcast that gives you the 7 most important and interesting stories, and we always try to save room for something fun. You get it all in about 7 minutes or less. I'm Hannah Jewell. I'll get you caught up with The 7 every weekday. So follow The 7 right now. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Signing up and playing is so easy. Simply sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you can get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matter more than ever. Place your money line, prop, and parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets. If you don't win your first bet, that's right, up to $1,500. Again, sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus in President Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. That's 1-800-GAMBLER. Thanks for listening to the Best of the Doug Gottlieb Show podcast. Be sure to catch us live every weekday from 3 to 6 p.m. Eastern Time. That's 12 to 3 Pacific on Fox Sports Radio. Find your local station for the Doug Gottlieb Show at foxsportsradio.com or stream us live every day on the iHeartRadio app by searching FSR. This is the Best of the Doug Gottlieb Show on Fox Sports Radio. What happened to the Eagles? Right, We've talked about it since the day they won the Super Bowl, that this whole idea, they're just going to run it back, and we're going to have more fun than anybody else. and Not a great plan. And Look, you can, you can poke fun all you want at the Patriots and their lack of having fun. Hey, but the Patriots for 20 years, 20 years, were remarkably competitive. And even last year, when their superstar quarterback chose to play somewhere else. They had eight opt-outs on defense. Even with that, Patriots seven games are still very competitive with teams that more talent than they did. So, so what's the difference between the Patriots and the Eagles organization? I, I think we have some idea here. Um, one source told The Athletic in regards to Doug Peterson coaching with the Eagles. The fact that Doug had the success he did with all the bleep going on in the building. Sometimes I look at our Super Bowl rings and I'm like, holy cow, I don't know how he did it. So I say Peterson was beaten down by the constant second guessing. Quote, they treated him like a baby. Jeffrey Lurie put his thumb on the scale when the team was prepared to make another selection in the draft. Last year, each of the Eagles' first three selections, um, TCU receiver Jalen Rager, of course, you know, Justin Jefferson was selected uh, after. Um, Jalen Hurts and uh, Davion Taylor mystified some scouts and coaches watching from home, just like everybody else. 
Okay, so Jeffrey Lord partially screwed this thing up, making some calls. Howie Roseland, Roseman partially screwed this thing up, making some calls. There's a dysfunctional relationship between the the analytics department or one guy in analytics who just happened to have a close relationship with the son of the owner and with the coaching staff. All that leads to a powder keg, which finally exploded this year. Right? That, that's what happened. It's a powder keg. It finally exploded. There's an expression in basketball, and it goes like this. You die, you can't play with one eye on the bench. And look, I'm guilty of it sometimes, too, when I'm, I coach kids this weekend. And you're coaching them, and they're messing up. And you can't, like, obviously, you can tell my voice is not perfect. And, and you can't, can't just tell them every time. Like, when they, But what you can do is you can give them one or two things to focus on doing. Like, hey, I really need you to box out every time on the court. And then like the second time, you're like, Hey, if you don't box out, then I'm going to have to take you out. And then finally you take them out. And then it becomes kind of revolving door. I put them back in. Okay. You don't box out. I got to take you back out. Cause if you just allow the same thing to happen over and over and over and over again, you're part of the problem. I'm part of the problem. So if you're part, if you're, if you're part of the solution, you're part of the solution. You're part of the problem. That's totally different, bro. Totally different. Um, on the other hand, you cannot be so quick with your hook. You cannot just can't play a guy who, if he's not perfect, you take him out. Because what happens is that guy, he's never going to play with supreme self confidence. And if you don't play with self confidence, like, what's the point? Right? So, so the expression is, um, uh, the, the expression is, I can't play with one eye on the bench. I have to have my coach's trust at least to play my game. And if I screw up, I know I might come out, but I can't play thinking I'm going to come out at the first mistake. That is the can't play with one eye on the bench. Does everybody understand that? I mean, you make a play, like you'll watch kids play sometimes. And they make a mistake or they make a play and they always look at their coach or they always look at their parent. Let's play with one eye on the bench. Can't play that way. Um, well, in this case, you can't coach with one eye on the owner's box. You, you can't. It, it's an impossible situation. Now they hired Sirianni, who's an unknown. He's a puppet. You know, he's a yes man. Now, does that mean... That's not a job that ultimately you can't succeed at. Of course you can. Like there's only 32 jobs. And if that's the one that's offered to you, if the first couple of years you got to eat a little dirt, you got to do what they say, you got to find a way to get in. I, I, again, it's not an impossible job, but it's really unlikely that you're going to have sustained long-term success. The, the reason it makes sense for Sirianni is like, look, one, there's only 32 jobs. Two, to get another job, you're much better off having been a head coach. It's like, all right, it's not the best situation. It's not a huge likelihood of you winning. And this is really an ugly tale of an owner overstepping his bounds. Like, all of that stuff I get. But, and and the best way to get another head coaching job is say, hey, I've been a head coach before. But the, the chances you read this and it paints the picture of an owner who's not a football guy but wants to make football decisions, um, a team president and a Howie Roseman who not a football guy per se but wants to make all the football decisions, and just an overzealous front office, if you will, in regards to how much they're involved in everything and anything. Which means they want credit when you lose and want to deflect credit when you, excuse me, they want credit when you win and they want to deflect credit when you lose. Right? That's it. If, if, if you lose, you're getting fired. If you win, they want to get, they want to get credit. That, that's the, and the, these, there are jobs like that on life. The likelihood of success is not great. Does that mean you don't take it? Probably do if you, but now it explains a whole lot why Doug Peterson got the job to begin with, why 
some of their decisions have been so bizarre, why it fell apart, and why it was hard to find any sort of big name that would take the job this year, and they couldn't find one. I mean, Carson Wentz not playing well isn't the reason that they're not consistently as successful as they should be. Carson Wentz not playing well, kind of, that allowed everybody to go under the hood and figure out exactly what's wrong with this organization. And maybe, maybe it being exposed publicly helps, or maybe the finger point will only only continue. My guess would be somebody will get fired today or somebody will get blamed today for lying or saying something to the media about these decisions which ownership and the front office wants nothing to do with. Howie Roseman has made himself essential, Lori. This is a survivor, one source told Roseman. This is someone who understands how to stay close to the most important person in the building. The the whole thing is fascinating. You know, the, the more, the more that I live, do you remember this TV show Survivor? Do you guys ever watch the show Survivor? Here's what's interesting about it. Survivor is a reality TV show. And, I stopped kind of watching it after really the first or second season because it never, it didn't have anything anymore to do with surviving, right? Like naked and afraid is much more about surviving than anything. Survivor is more about social jujitsu and just surviving the, the tribe, if you will. The more I live, the more I learn, the more I read, the more I understand the, the TV show survivor is basically real life 101. Be sure to catch the live edition of the Doug Gottlieb Show weekdays at 3 p.m. Eastern, noon Pacific on Fox Sports Radio and the iHeartRadio app. At Bed 365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. There are some things that are too good to keep a secret. Like how your Amex Platinum card helps you have the perfect trip. I'd like to check into the Centurion Lounge. Or how it seems like you always get those hard-to-snag tables. Ooh, yum. And how you get the most out of select can't-miss events. With access to the Centurion Lounge, Resi Priority Notified, and Amex card member benefits at select events, you'll have to share. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. The 2024 presidential campaign features two candidates who are very well-known to Americans. And yet, there's complexity at every turn. Criminal trials for one of those candidates. Young voters who are angry. The Campaign Moment podcast from The Washington Post gives you what matters. I'm Aaron Blake, and I'm covering my 10th election cycle. My colleagues and I have insights that you won't find anywhere else. So follow the Campaign Moment right now, wherever you're listening. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Signing up and playing is so easy. Simply sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you can get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matter more than ever. Place your money line, prop, and parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets. If you don't win your first bet, that's right, up to $1,500. Again, sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus in President Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. That's 1-800-GAMBLER. Xfinity has free premium networks for everyone this month, no matter what kind of entertainment you love. Addicted to true crime? Catch killer cases and more spine-tingling shows on A&E Crime Central. Crave adventure? Explore Asian action movies on Hayah! 
Searching for something extreme? Check out skating, snowboarding, and more on Fuel TV Plus, the global home of action sports. And find crowd-pleasing bops on iHeartRadio's Hit Nation playlist. There's new free shows and movies to love every week. Say free this week in your Xfinity voice remote. Let me welcome in the one and the one and only Chris Sims, who last week when we really needed him, we missed, we, we missed each other on. That, that bummed me out. Now, all of a sudden, everybody wants Chris, so he's been cool enough to join us. Okay, Chris, so look, um, everybody thinks that because you were roommates with Kyle, that right. when you speak, you're, like, you can barely see the strings moving or your, your Kyle's lips moving when, you're, when the words are coming out of your mouth. You know, whatever right. analogy you want. Uh, so in regards to what Kyle's going to do at three, have you guys talked about it? No, not a, not what they're doing at three. No, not at all. Um, we've had no discussions. We've discussed, you know, the draft early on in the process, but he wasn't even really kind of all the way in it yet at that point. It was at a point where it was really he was still dealing with free agency. I was already diving into the draft, and we had some casual conversations. That's about all we've talked about it so far. Okay, so when you look at this draft class – Right. Um, there are people that go like, like, why would you do Mac Jones at three? Like he's got some limitations athletically. And by the way, if if they're true to their word in terms of what their what their plan is, you know, then yeah, then if you're gonna sit a guy and have him learn behind Garoppolo, wouldn't you want to have a guy who needs to be developed more than than Mac Jones? When you look at this class, who do you think fits Kyle the best? Well, listen, I think you can make a case for all of them. There's no doubt about that. I mean, listen, I, as a fan, would I be excited to be see Justin Fields or Trey Lance in the Kyle Shanahan offense? There's no doubt about it. There's going to be some really cool things that you can, you know, you can do with those type of quarterbacks athletically, their ability to run. Yeah, is their arm stronger, you know, just pure power than Mac Jones? Certainly. So from that aspect, I am excited about that. But I do also think, like, what people are missing about that. You know, first off, the one thing I'm realizing during draft time, potential only means running, apparently. It's the only thing. You're not allowed to grow potential anywhere else. So this guy has potential, which means he can run. But what, Mac Jones has no potential because he can run? That that makes no sense. Again, the game is still about people dicing people up within the pocket. You know, that's the big thing. So am I, would I be excited to see the Lance and Field thing? Sure, I would love to see that. That would be really cool. You know, but just as in I would love to see that, and that'd be cool, and yeah, they couldn't do some of that stuff with Mac Jones, I could easily flip that around and go, there's a lot of play action and drop back passing and pro concepts and working of the pocket that those guys can't do nearly as good as Mac Jones at this point of their career. Now, Mac Jones, I know, is never going to get as fast as, like, those two. Those guys can improve on their, their quarterback play within the pocket, decision-making, throwing, and all of that. But the big thing is with Mac Jones is he's, you know, a great decision-maker. He's got a real good arm. You know, his ability to, like, go through reads is as good as I've ever seen, really, other than Joe Burrow coming out in the draft last year. You know, then – you know, the ability to place the ball exactly where you want, it's up there as good as I've seen since I've been on this side of the business, too. So I think, you know, ultimately, and knowing my friend, he's liked those kind of quarterbacks. And that's where I come off always going to the Mac Jones thing, Doug, because especially, you know, Matt Ryan, he had two years with Matt Ryan, one of which was really special, and they were really close to winning a Super Bowl. You know, in my heart of hearts, I think he looks at this Mac Jones guy and thinks, hey, it's Matt Ryan 2.0, and if you give me more than two cracks at it with this guy, I'm going to win a Super Bowl. And that's why I've been saying Mac Jones from the get-go, that that's who I think it ultimately will be. Doug Gottlieb show here on Fox Sports Trader. That's the voice of Chris Sims, the former starting quarterback uh, in the National Football League. Of course, work with the New England Patriots, and now you can see him on Football Night in America on NBC, covering the National Football League. Uh, you can listen to him on Pro Football Talk as well. Um, let me get to the the other two. Okay, so if yeah. that's how you view Mac. Now you got Trey Lance, you got Justin Fields. 
Right. There's still a a distinct possibility somebody trades up with Atlanta or trades up, you know, maybe Washington moves up to to get a quarterback. Of those two, who do you like the best? Well, it's really, it's tough for me out of those two, okay? You know, I think this is, I like the consistency in which Trey Lance throws the football better than I do with Justin Fields. I do. Now, not to say Trey Lance is perfect either, you know, and then I guess I would say I'd like the size and athleticism a little bit more than on Fields than Lance. And ultimately, I came down like, you know, to splitting hairs with those guys. And I made Justin Fields or moved him in front of Trey Lance just because he's played more football. You know, to me, you know, with, with Lance, hey, there's a lot I like, definitely. You know, quality of competition, you know, I, which I always find funny, Doug. People bring that up with Zach Wilson, but for some reason with Trey Lance, it's not a topic of a conversation. Yeah. I don't get that at all. So one guy gets used against the other one. It's even more prevalent, but they, we don't even talk about it. I don't understand that about the draft. It drives me nuts. I'm sorry. I, 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 I don't either. That. Like, like it, it's kind of fascinating, right? Yeah, yeah. Your dad played where in college? Yeah, yes, Moorhead State. Right. right. Correct. Right. right. But like he, Steve, Steve McNair, why. Steve McNair played where Steve Young right. played where, right? Like there's Josh Allen. I mean, you can go through, you know, Ben Roethlisberger, Miami, Ohio. That's not necessarily like, you know, Baller Supreme university there either. So, but, but, but either way, getting back to that topic there. Yes. I gave fields the advantage just through playing experience, but like both to me, I have concerns about both of them. I really do. You know, one, Fields has some mechanical issues throwing the football that I don't love, and it is a lot of, like, first-read, wide-open throws within that offense. Trey Lance, you know, I like his throwing. It is very simple, and he hasn't thrown the ball a whole lot altogether, but I don't love his throwing. He only has a few clubs in the bag, for lack of a better way to say it, where every ball is really just throw it hard. There's not a lot of touch balls. He's not a great deep ball thrower. That's all there is to that, let alone he played on a team that was more dominant than Alabama was at the Division I level. They, they just could run over everybody. Nobody was good competition for them. And they, they got away with having to drop back to pass with them 12, 14 times a game. You know, to me, and that's where I'm different, I guess, than everybody else, none of that speaks to top five talents. For me with Justin Fields or Trey Lance. I, I look at them as second half of the first round type quarterbacks. And that to me will be one of the intriguing parts of the draft because I do not view them as top 10 uh, talents right now as we sit here. I, there's, a, there's a story out about the Eagles. I don't know if you read it in The Athletic. And it basically says, like, look, uh, Jeffrey Lurie's son has a buddy who runs their analytics department. And that between analytics, Howie Roseman, and the owner, Lurie, there's all these chefs in the kitchen and it was really hard for Doug Peterson to survive. Yeah. Now, I've, I've talked to some NFL people, and they're like, look, the analytics thing is really, really helpful. There has to be a balance, and there has to be a relationship there between coaching and scouts, and some places do it well, and some places don't do it well. Yeah. You've, been, you've, you've been around this league your whole life. You've worked in this league in, in New England. Uh, when you hear the story about the Eagles, what is your reaction? Well, I, I have heard some of that a little bit. There just was a lot of miscommunication as far as evaluating players and draft and things like that, you know, over the last few years. That, yeah, you know, some of the, the people in the personnel department are disappointed in Howie because Howie, you know, wasn't strict with staying with the board and how they evaluated people, you know, throughout the whole process and kind of, you know, decided to do his own thing at the last second and whatever else. So, yeah, that's, you know, that's never going to work when, when one guy just decides to, you know, make his own decisions. Hey, the hell with everybody else. Hey, this is the process that made us successful. But this year I'm going to go against it and just go on a whim or a gut feeling. Uh, I, that, that's never a positive. But Howie has had so many good years of doing good things that I would imagine they get back on track. And to me, they are one of those teams. You sit there at number 12 where I go, yeah, they, I know they've talked about no quarterback, but they're interesting, Doug. I mean, because, yeah, they don't want quarterback, no Jalen Hurts, but what are they going to do if Justin Fields or Trey Lance are on the board there at 12? I have a hard time thinking they're going to pass them up. I do. So they're, one of the, again, one of the interesting teams or, or things about this draft. The quarterbacks, 
some of the high-talented players in this draft who have injury histories, you know, the COVID opt-outs and all of those things, I think really you're going to add to one of the more fascinating first rounds we've seen in a long time. No question. Doug Gottlieb show here on Fox Sports Radio. All right, how do you balance out the quarterbacks with the skill position guys or some of the other guys in the draft, like, like the Kyle Pitts of the world, who I'm not sure for where he's actually, he's actually an X-Man. That's really what it is. That's the explanation for six six two forty running a running a four four right. He has to. He's he's just he's not like you and me. Like he can bend steel with his arms or whatever. How do you balance out? Um, you know, we're like, well, tight end isn't usually a position to go that high in the draft, but this guy just jumps off the charts at you. Yeah, well, you know, I mean, yes, quarterbacks always going to get top end value. You know, you know, even even if it's like, hey, let's. You know, apples for apples. We bet we but we have a let's say a you know an A plus grade on this quarterback and an A plus grade on on Pitts. The quarterback's always going to get the advantage if there's real need for both positions on that team. You know, I would even say in a lot of cases, and, and more than not, even if the quarterback has an A minus grade and there's an A plus grade for another position player, that the quarterback is still going to get favored in the big scheme of things and be put in front of that player despite the grade, because of the importance of the position. So there is the balancing of that altogether. And Pitts, Pitts is, yeah, he's one of those guys of, you know, where exactly does he fall in the first round? Yeah, he's a special talent. There's no doubt about that. You know, the Bengals, the Falcons, I'm sure they're, they're got him towards the top of their list as far as, like, teams that could draft him. Uh, but I think the quarterback, just to answer your question, has significant more value because of the importance of the position, the ball being in his hands, and what he does for the rest of the offense as compared to a, an every-down position player. No, no question no question about it. This is Doug Gottlieb Show here on Fox Sports Radio. Um, you know, Jadeveon Clowney's probably going to sign with the Browns or something. Like, it, How worthy of discussion is he? Because he does – he's had some productive seasons – he obviously had crazy amount of talent, he had a knee injury. He's been seen yeah. as a guy who's not a, not a, not an every down like indefatigable guy, um, but he is a talent. And if you add him maybe to the Browns' stout defensive line, maybe it opens up things for everybody else. When when you hear Jadeveon Clowney might sign with the Browns, what do you think? Well, I think it's like I mean it, it's a perfect fit if right. I mean, there's a lot of ifs there. If you know, first off, Cleveland. They're running the Seattle scheme on defense. Joe Woods, the defensive coordinator, he just came from the 49ers. So they want pass rushers. They want to rush with the front four and drop seven. That's what Seattle scheme does, right? So they're looking for their Nick Bosa, D Ford combination, you know, or uh, any of the great one, Melvin Ingram, Joey Bosa, same defensive scheme, all of that. Yeah, so it's that match zone. They want that other guy. But, I mean, it all comes down to Clowney and just what he's asking financially. I mean, he's an extremely risky signing, you know, as far as the injury history that you brought up. He's physical as hell. He's an awesome football player. You'd love to have him on your football team. But, man, I mean, he's been dealing with injuries really for the better part of the last five or six years. Now, we've seen him in the scheme up in Seattle with Pete Carroll, and we saw that when he was healthy there, it was damn special. But again, even up there two years ago, it was only a handful of games and he was hurt or battling injuries and doing things like that. So I understand Cleveland, they got the money to spend and get a guy like that. I would think that he's not going to be able to demand a huge price tag on the market. And with even in that, I would think Cleveland's probably still going to be maybe looking for a pass rusher somewhere, you know, second, third, fourth round for the just-in-case he does get hurt, clowny thing. They have one more guy to come off the edge and, and apply that pressure. But the Browns, they're sitting in a pretty spot. They're a really well-orchestrated team. There's not a lot of needs for that football team altogether, and uh, Clowney certainly fits what they're trying to do there. When a tra- uh, 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 Listen, Chris, great to catch up with you. Can't wait to talk more. We get closer and closer to the draft. Hope you're well, and thanks for being our guest. Yeah, you the man, Doug. I'll talk to you. Take care of that voice, man. Be sure to catch the live edition of the Doug Gottlieb Show weekdays at 3 p.m. Eastern, noon Pacific. Hey, it's me, Rob Parker. Check out my weekly MLB podcast, Inside the Parker, 
for 22 minutes of piping hot baseball talk featuring the biggest names and newsmakers in the sport. Whether you believe in analytics or the eye test, we've got all the bases covered. New episodes drop every Thursday, so do yourself a favor and listen to Inside the Parker with Rob Parker on the iHeartRadio app or wherever you get your podcast. At Bed 365 we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Pet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. There's no distance too far for the perfect trip. Hi, checking in for... Or the perfect table. Hey, where are you? Coming! And when you get access to Resi Priority Notify with your Amex Platinum card... Hey, this looks amazing. I'm so glad you made it. And travel benefits at fine hotels and resorts booked through Amex Travel. It's worth the trip. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. Hey, this is Christina Quinn. I'm the host of Try This, the Washington Post's new series of audio courses. The idea behind Try This is to become better functioning humans without having to comb the internet for countless hours. In our first course, we learned how to sleep better. Now, we're going to learn how to make our friendships stronger. I'll offer expert tips that are doable, and I'll keep it short. So let's do this. Classes in session. Find Try This from The Washington Post wherever you listen. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Signing up and playing is so easy. Simply sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you can get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matter more than ever. Place your money line, prop, and parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets. If you don't win your first bet, that's right, up to $1,500. Again, sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. BetMGM and Game Sense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus in President Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. That's 1-800-GAMBLER. Xfinity has free premium networks for everyone this month, no matter what kind of entertainment you love. Addicted to true crime? Catch killer cases and more spine-tingling shows on A&E Crime Central. Crave adventure? Explore Asian action movies on Hayah. Searching for something extreme? Check out skating, snowboarding, and more on Fuel TV Plus, the global home of action sports. And find crowd-pleasing bops on iHeartRadio's Hit Nation playlist. There's new free shows and movies to love every week. Say free this week in your Xfinity voice remote. Uh, Shil uh, Cavity joins us uh, from The Athletic. A, a, a great piece that I read. I was doing the Dan Patrick show and all of a sudden it popped up and I start reading going like, man, can we get you on now? Like, no, we got to wait later. Um, okay, so obviously you cover the Philadelphia Eagles for The Athletic and uh, Doug Peterson didn't want to be quoted, uh, didn't want to have comment on on the article itself. But... And you tell me if I'm wrong. You paint the picture of an owner who is really involved in the everyday decision making, and he's created this analytics department that's led by a friend of his son, who eventually will take over. We think for the owner, and there's kind of infighting and a power struggle between uh, the analytics department and the scouting department and the coaching staff. And then Howie Roseman is really close to the owner and. Uh, that feels like the front office and the coaching staff struggled, at least again, based upon your sources to be able to make their own decisions without the owner and Howie Roseman interjecting. Is that, is that fair? Yeah. I don't even know where to begin with this. Honestly, I I didn't know what my first question was. I just want to, for people who haven't read read the article, I just want to paint a picture of what you painted. Yeah, no, I I think what you, you said was fair. And I guess the big picture view is that, yes, you know, this was a team that won the Super Bowl, and in three years, uh, they fired their head coach, they trade their quarterback, they have a four-win season, and who's left standing? And who's left standing is the owner, Jeffrey Lurie, 
and the GM, Howie Roseman, who is now the GM under the, his fourth head coach, which is sort of unprecedented uh, in NFL history. So, yeah, I, I think you painted that fairly. You know, it's, it's interesting because obviously he was swept aside when Chip Kelly came in and some of his guys were traded off and whatever. And the Chip Kelly thing, they won 20 games the first two years and then the bottom, bottom fell out. And then Howie Roseman kind of regained and reassumed power. What about Peterson in terms of when he got the job? Because when you start at the beginning of the piece, it's, hey, the year they won the Super Bowl, there were some meetings with, with Jeff Schwartz at the, at the uh, Jim Schwartz, excuse me, at the start of the season with the owner and Peterson wasn't involved. And there are many people that thought he could replace Doug Peterson. Well, they just kept winning. What about Peterson when he got the job? Did he think he would have any more control than he did? Right. So Doug Peterson gets the job in 2016. He was not really a hot candidate. And the thought then was kind of the thought now, which is that this is an, an owner in Jeffrey Lurie who wants to be, you know, pretty hands-on, and he's got the right to do that. He owns the team and a general manager in Howie Rosen who has a lot of control. You know, this isn't a situation like you see uh, with some teams around the league where the head coach has control of the 53-man roster and other key decisions. This is a, a situation where the general manager, Howie Roseman, is going to be making those decisions. So I think they wanted a head coach who was not going to be involved in personnel and who would ki- kind of fit with the philosophy they had for the organization. So that's 2016. They have an okay year. Uh, They're around five. I think they had seven wins that year. They weren't great. They had serious questions about Doug Peterson going into 2017. And so that was one of the anecdotes we uncovered was that, you know, prior to the first game of the season, Jeffrey Lurie has this long meeting with defensive coordinator Jim Schwartz, who has been a head coach in the NFL before. I mean, three, four, five hours, uh, somebody described it as to me. Now, you know, owners can have meetings with coaches whenever they want. However, there was a feeling in the building by multiple people we talked to at that time that the owner, Jeffrey Lurie, was betting internal candidates to replace Doug Peterson should the Eagles get off to a slow start. Now, fast forward, what happens? The Eagles go on a tear. Carson Wentz gets injured. Nick Foles comes in. They win the Super Bowl that year. And so that changes, um, you know, really the entire narrative around Doug Peterson. But it's kind of a look back that, you know, that was not their expectations going into that season to the point where some in the building thought that they were getting ready to move on from Peterson. Uh, Doug Gottlieb show here on Fox Sports Radio. We're discussing Sheila Capadia, who writes for The Athletic. He wrote a piece. I, you know, if you subscribe, you don't subscribe to The Athletic. It's not very expensive. Unbelievable writing and insight into all your favorite sports teams. And he wrote a piece on the Eagles, who he covers, and kind of what happened to the downfall, the, the dysfunction within a franchise that won a Super Bowl, and then they say, hey, we're going to have more fun than the Patriots. All that fun left, left, left the, the coach fired and the quarterback being uh, being traded to the old offensive old offensive coordinator who's now a successful head coach with the Colts. Um who was most responsible for Carson Wentz's contract? For his contract, you, you yeah. got to look at the the owner and the GM. I mean, Jeffrey Lurie and Howie Roseman. And to be fair, uh, it was not you know I at the time when I wrote about it, I wasn't saying this is a terrible move. I mean, a lot of times if you have a quarterback uh, who's on a rookie contract who you are confident in, it is smart to get that big contract out of the way early because you're confident in him. The price is only going to go up. And so when they made that move, you know, they thought maybe the floor for Carson Wentz is he's going to be like the, you know, the 12th best quarterback in the NFL. Well, you can live with that because they thought he had a high ceiling. They did not anticipate that the floor for Carson Wentz was going to be among the worst starting quarterbacks in the NFL, which was the case last year. But I do think it's fair for that to look at, the, the decision at the time it was made, you know, a team like the Dallas Cowboys, right? They waited on Dak Prescott and they waited and they waited. And all of a sudden uh, they're paying a lot more this off season than they would have last off season. So uh, I don't think that was sort of their biggest failure. You know, I, I think teams make mistakes and you got to make decisions, but if that's all it was, I don't think it would be a huge deal. I think their biggest failures are sort of uh, the relationships in the building, the lack of collaboration you alluded to, where it's analytics having friction with the coaching staff, coaching staff having friction with the front office, and really uh, the only people who have full transparency of what's going on in all those departments and who have all that information is the GM, Howie Roseman, and the owner, Jeffrey Lurie. So, you know, there are decisions that are made, like the one to draft Jalen Hurts last year, that leaves people in the building uh, kind of scratching their heads going, wait a minute, I, you know, I did not think 
this was part of the plan. So I think that's the key with them going forward is can they build that sort of different type of culture where everyone feels like they're pulling in the same direction. Uh, the analytics department, is it one guy? Is it a whole department? It's, it's four people. It's four people, but the head of that, uh, his name is Alec Hallaby. He's got a vice president title. He's been with the organization for 10 years. And, uh, you know, there's a feeling in the building by some that this guy has uh, Jeffrey Lurie and Howie Roseman's ear, and so that he has kind of this oversized influence. So other people in the building, they see certain decisions that are made, and they say, hey, uh, we know why that was made, because the analytics staff uh, gave Lurie and Roseman that information. Now, again, I come back to if your GM is a CEO-type GM and his job is to tie every department together, then he's got to manage that relationship. I mean, Doug, this is not a new dynamic, right, in, in professional sports, the analytics staff not getting along with the coaching staff or, or traditional scouts. I mean, this happens everywhere. However, if you have buy-in from your owner, which they do in Jeffrey Lurie, that analytics is going to be a significant part of what we're going to do. We're going to be at the forefront of this. Well, then you need to manage those relationships so that coaches, scouts, personnel people, they don't feel second-guessed. They feel like, hey, the analytics are actually here to help us. We're all working together, and that has not been the case. Yeah, no, I mean, listen, Buffalo has a tremendous analytics department, and those guys seem to be getting along and doing it well. I think the question is, is it because, like you said, it's not what they've done, it's how they've handled what they've done, right? Did you hire a guy who's really qualified and happens to be the buddy of the owner's son, or is he just really, really qualified, you know, and, but, or is he just, just a buddy and that's why he got the job. And I, I think that breeds the, breeds the mistrust. Um, what about the draft the past couple of years? You point out the Jalen Rager pick. I mean, perfect example, Justin Jefferson goes right behind him. Was, was that Howie? Was that Lori? How do you, how do you, when you need a wide receiver, you take a wide receiver and you take the wrong one. Whose fault was it? Yeah, that was a situation where the scouts and the personnel staff, to my understanding, wanted Justin Jefferson. They felt like this guy is the superior player. Look at how we've stacked the board. Uh, he is absolutely ahead of Jalen Rager on the board. Now, this goes back to what I just said. Howie Roseman is the only one who has input from every department. So he comes back and says, well, you know, some of the coaches think that Jefferson is more of a slot receiver than an outside receiver. We need an outside receiver with some speed. And so he's putting the entire puzzle together. Now, you know, I would say that the GM needs to get those two sides in a room, talk it out, you know, scouts, hey, can, can Justin Jefferson play on the outside for us? They say yes, here's why. And then maybe that would lead to a better process. But uh, I think it is, you know, the lack of transparency. And again, they, they, the Rager pick was basically, uh, they felt like the coaching staff thought Rager would be a better fit on the outside, and they thought Jefferson was more of a slot receiver. And Howie Roseman, you know, takes that input, and he makes the decision to draft Jalen Rager. Okay, so what now? What, what is the state of them? You, you painted a, a great picture for the dysfunction when Peterson's there. They bring in a Nick Sirianni who, it, it feels like a yes man, right? feels like you can barely see Howie's lips moving when Nick Sirianni speaks. Is that, is that a real way of looking at it, or is that unfair in considering he'll be given a chance to actually coach? Well, that's the, there's no doubt that that's the feeling by you know, some people in the building, that yes, they found another guy who they can kind of say, all right, here's how we're going to do things. We're going to influence you this way. We're going to help you pick your coaching staff. We're going to dictate, you know, hey, we want to be a, a pass-first offense, all these things. Now, having said that, that was the case with Doug Peterson in 2016. It was a very similar situation, and they ended up winning the Super Bowl and getting to the playoffs three times. So I don't want to paint it like, hey, that was a complete disaster and that a complete failure, and this is doomed as well. You know, Nick Sir Sirianni proves that he's a very good head coach. He will be given that opportunity. But at the same time, you know, another guy they were looking at was Josh McDaniels, and that would have been a very different hire because the people I talked to said, all right, that was not, this setup was not going to fly with a guy like Josh McDaniels. You know, he was not just going to say, okay, you know, pick whoever you want. Yeah, sure, I'll have these meetings with you guys. I'll explain my every move. And so this is a very different hire. This is more in the uh, Doug Peterson mold. So Sirianni will be given the opportunity. He deserves the opportunity, uh, you know, in the situation that he's in. But certainly it's fair to characterize the feeling by some in the building that they're just kind of finding another guy who they feel like they can influence and who they feel like will fit with what they want to do. Um, Jalen Hurts, I, I know there's like an infatuation with him because he was a part of a couple winning teams in college 
and he came in and they beat the Saints. But the production got worse every time he was out there. And there are some limitations to him. And he wasn't viewed as a second-round guy. Um, how I mean, he's going to be the guy, I guess. But again, how he said that before when he re-signed Sam Bradford and they went and drafted Wentz, what is your sense of their, their, their buy-in to Jalen Hurts, short and long-term? Yeah, you know, I, I think them trading back from number six to number 12 probably tells you that they didn't feel like they were positioned to draft one of the quarterbacks, whether that mean, meant that they thought all those quarterbacks would be gone this year or whether they didn't scout them and think they were top-level prospects. That I don't know. But obviously they did not think they were going to be drafting a quarterback there. So they trade back. I do think, barring something unforeseen, that Jalen Hurts will be the starter this season and they'll just kind of buy a year. You know, they'll see, all right, if he plays well and is really good and surprises us, that's a great outcome. But by no means are they tied to him long term. You know, they've picked up an additional first round pick by moving from six to 12, and they also could get another, th- another first round pick in the Carson Wentz trade if he plays like 70% of his snaps. So they could be going into 2022 with three first-round picks, and that puts you in position to either move up to draft a quarterback or if one of these veterans, like we saw with Matthew Stafford, if one of those guys becomes available and they will have the draft capital to make that move. So I think they wanted different options really going into next season, and that's why they made that move. So I think Hurts, you know, I think he'll get a shot this year. I don't think anything is promised uh, to him beyond that. Show great stuff, man. Really like the piece. Love your insight and appreciate having you on. Look forward to talking more in the future. All right. Appreciate it. Take care. Fox Sports Radio has the best sports talk lineup in the nation. Catch all of our shows at foxsportsradio.com. And within the iHeartRadio app, search FSR to listen live. I saw this over the weekend, and I thought it was really interesting. And it's it's one of those where we can... um where we can completely and totally stop, take a breath, think about things and go, huh, maybe he's making an interesting point. When a train hits a vehicle at a railway crossing, the results are often deadly. Be cautious at crossings. The signals are going. Don't be tempted to try and sneak across the tracks. Even if you don't see a train stop, trains can't. Brought to you by NHTSA. I want you to listen to what Kevin says to Rachel Nichols and then I wanted I'm going to discuss it with you and and tell you what I hear this is KD I wasn't expecting to be a happy human being from a title I was just expecting like you know the ending of a movie once you work so hard and everybody tells you like yo this is what you need to be working for is this gold ball and these rings and I'm just like all right cool let me lock in on that and I locked in on wanting to achieve that, but I also realized it's a lot of stuff that factors in it that's out of my control. And once I won the championship, I realized that, like, yo, my view on this game is really about development. Like, how good can I be? It's not about let's go get this championship. And I appreciate that stuff, and I want to win and experience that stuff, but it's not the end-all, be-all why I play the game. Hmm. Um Like, I, I think guys are looking at as a different dip deeper meeting i just I, look here here's my take on kevin durant i think people told him i don't think i know people told him hey in order to be considered one of the all-time greats you need to win a championship right you need to win two and if you do that everybody will respect your standing as one of the all-time greats and like his point was a, a really good one like once you win one you're like there's a lot of things that go into win a championship I mean, Toronto won a championship. Kawhi's a champion with the Spurs, but also won with the Raptors. But, dude, they weren't winning unless Golden State collapsed and got hurt. Does, like, like, does that make Kyle Lowry an all-time great? Like, no. Fred VanVleet an all-time great? Oh, no, good players. But, like, let's not kid ourselves. They don't win that championship, except for the fact that LeBron left the East and the West end up providing the Warriors. And that year with the Warriors, everybody got hurt. Right. That's, that's, that's really literally what happened. Um, I think he, I, I don't, again, I know he was told if you win, everybody will respect you. And you'll be seen as the best player in the game. He won. He outplayed LeBron. And people were like, yeah, but you had to join a team. So now he's taking the, the hell with it. I'm just going to be my, what, what are the, what's the, what do the psychologists tell you? The best version of yourself. Yeah, I'm just going to be the best version of myself. 
and being the best version of myself, I'm going to sit here and go, yo, here's what I am. I'm just a great player. I'm an artist. You're going to appreciate me. Whoever just appreciates my art appreciates, you know, it's like, um, I have a, I have a dear friend. His name's Desmond Mason. Do you guys remember the name Desmond Mason? Of course you do. Played in the NBA for a decade. Um, with the Bucks, with the Supersonics, with the Oklahoma City Thunder. You guys remember that? Okay, won a slam dunk contest in 2001. So he's my college teammate. He's a very, very talented abstract artist. Now, if I look at Desmond's paintings and it's named like War of the North, like it could be anything. Like, okay, I just I see lots of colors. It's very pretty, but Mace, how much is that? How much was that commission for? Like fifty thousand dollars for that. Yeah, let me tell you my, I was like, I don't really care how you did it. Like, I, I love you. I would not pay $50,000 for that. Right, beauty in the eyes of the beholder. So artists, artists take on like, like, look, it ain't for everybody. I'm not appreciated by everybody. Don't care. I just want to be the best artist I can so that artists appreciate the art. That's where KD is. I think KD wants to put himself so far beyond the fans because he understands that fans, he, I don't think he respects their knowledge of the game. I think... You know, and I, 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 I would guess that's what he's saying. But I also think that this is a, he won championships and he does not feel fulfilled by them. You know, he's like, look, I won the championships. I did those things. You said if I, you know, I've done everything you, you said I had to do. You got to win championships. I won championships. Now what? You got to win MVPs. What MVP? You got to win scoring titles. I got to win scoring titles. You got to make a franchise better, everybody around you better. I did that. Like Oklahoma City got, got to a finals, got to a Western Conference Finals. I was like, that wasn't a great roster. Don't kid yourself. When they went to the Western Conference Finals, we're up three games to one. So, I, I, I don't know. I don't have any idea. Um, exactly what he wants from basketball but I think that Kevin Durant, at some point, you do throw your hands up and go like, that didn't fulfill me. Let me try something else. That didn't fulfill me. Let me try something else. And it's probably where the, the friendship and partnership came with, with Kyrie Irving. Well, Kyrie's won a championship. And remember, after he won the championship, when he's with the Cleveland Cavaliers, the story of the breakdown, their relationship with him and LeBron James is they won the championship. They came from behind to beat the Warriors. They got home, and then Kyrie found out that LeBron said, hey, that's great. Let's go get Chris Paul instead of Kyrie Irving. Right? So he's like, man, that's, that's not good enough for you? And so you want like this, this meaning that's greater than a champion, greater than whatever fan's adulation. You become like an artist, and you want your art appreciated by other artists, and you don't really care about the fans because you have all the money, you have everything else. What you really want is how great you are to be appreciated by the people that understand what greatness is about. I think that's what those guys are, and I just, I, I get it. I understand it. I respect it on some level, but it's not why we play sports. Like We don't play sports for the artistic pleasure of, man, Kevin Durant is the best one-on-one -on -one score the game has ever had. I've, I've told you, I, I think he's Kareem Abdul-Jabbar 2.0. He has an unstoppable um, move, right? Like his hezzy pull-up is basically on site. He's seven feet tall. He shoots the ball so high. It, it, it's, you got to do your work before he gets the ball because once he gets it up, if he has, it's, it's more about him than it is about you. If he makes it, he makes it, miss, miss, nothing you can do. He's also a little bit uncomfortable in his own skin. He's very bright, but sometimes thinks he's smarter than everybody in the room. Like, this is Kareem Abdul-Jabbar. And like a revered college player. And I know Durant didn't have the success in college that Kareem had, but he was revered. Like, we had Danny Manning on this show, and he said that he believes Kevin Durant's the baddest dude to ever play in Fog Allen Fieldhouse. I remember Will Chamberlain and Danny Manning played there. So... Uh, revered college player, a little uncomfortable in his own skin, smart, but sometimes thinks he's smarter than everybody else. Unstoppable weapon and a scoring machine and one who may be appreciated more when he's done playing than when he actually is playing. Like all of those things are Kareem and Kevin Durant, like the, the go hand in hand. And as great as Kareem was, six-time MVP, six-time finals MVP, six-time champion, it's great. Nobody ever mentions Kareem as the greatest player of all time, ever. Like, literally, it's like, well, if you want to go older, big guy, you got to go Bill Russell. 
or dominant, you got to go Will Chamberlain. Or modern day, you go Tim Duncan, right? And people just skip over Kareem Abdul-Jabbar. They go Magic Johnson. Magic never won a championship without Kareem. Doesn't mean Magic wasn't great. But we skip over Kareem. That's what I feel like we're going to do with Kevin Durant. And that's what Kevin Durant feels like it's coming. And that's where I think some of this stuff comes from. Do I think it's a bit of nonsense? Of course I do. Right? Like every game you're ever in, you want to win. You play to win. At least that's, and you should feel bad when you lose. And you should feel extra bad when you lose a playoff series when you have the type of talent that he'll have around him. Uh, but, but Kevin Durant saying, like, that's not what he plays for. Like, I just, he's a different cat, man. He and Kyrie are, Kyrie, and before, awful thing that happened in Minnesota over the weekend, before that, Kyrie was taking tonight off. You know, for personal reasons, like, again, these guys are different guys. And uh, what happens is it's going to speak for the whole league. I think they got a chance to be really successful in the playoffs, maybe win the whole thing. But we have no idea if Kyrie's going to show up for every game in the playoffs. We just don't. This is KD talking about his new team. I love what we're building. I think the culture and the spirit around the game is something that we try to cultivate from day one and everybody brings that bit, that part to it, you know, and everybody's valuable, you know, we're just trying to create something pretty cool for people to watch and for us to, and for players to come play in. I think it's, I think it's the fun. I think it's fun to play, fun to watch how it plays out in the playoffs is the most interesting, right? Like when you, when you say to people that the end all be all goal isn't always to win, like, that speaks to guys that aren't invested in the little things that don't, that aren't artistic. Like defense isn't part of the art of basketball. It should be taking a charge, boxing out. Like these are things that I, you geek out about. Like, are you willing to do those little things it takes to win? That frankly is what the Lakers won last year. The Lakers, it wasn't art. It wasn't art. It wasn't, wasn't particularly pretty at times, but it worked. And they got rings for it. And their rings are the exact same rings, just with a different team name as the one that the Warriors had. So I'm, I'll be interested to see how it plays out. But uh, that, that's a Kyrie KD thing that clearly they've gotten together and he's, a, he's drinking the Kool-Aid of, which is basketball is about me just pushing to get my, be better at my craft than anybody else. Yeah, I always thought it was about, can my team beat your team? Be sure to catch the live edition of the Doug Gottlieb Show weekdays at 3 p.m. Eastern, noon Pacific on Fox Sports Radio and the iHeartRadio app. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Pet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is uncanny usa he says somebody's in the house and i screamed listen to uncanny usa wherever you get your bbc podcasts if you dare xfinity has free premium networks for everyone this month no matter what kind of entertainment you love addicted to true crime catch killer cases and more spine-tingling shows on a e crime central crave adventure explore asian action movies on hayah searching for something extreme check out skating snowboarding and more on fuel tv plus the global home of action sports and find crowd-pleasing bops on iHeartRadio's hit nation playlist there's new free shows and movies to love every week say free this week in your xfinity voice remote i'm diosa and i'm mala we are the creators of locatora radio a radiophonic novella which is a fancy way of saying a, a podcast, podcast. Welcome to Locatora Radio Season 9. Love, love at first, first listen. listen. This season, we're falling in love with podcasting all over again. With new segments, correspondence, and a new sound. 
Listen to Locatora Radio as part of the Michael Dura Podcast Network, available on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. What's up, everybody? This is Stephen A. Smith, host of the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast. Tune in every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday at the very least as I bring you all new episodes that feature the biggest headlines in the world of sports, pop culture, business, and I answer your phone calls and respond to your tweets. You'll hear my unfiltered opinions and straight-shooter interviews with top celebrities and game changers. All that and more. So listen to the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcast.